Welcome to the First Love Podcast from First Presbyterian Church for Sunday, October 4th, 2020. Our first scripture reading is Isaiah 41, 4 through 11. Our second scripture reading is John 16, 25 through 33. Our guest pastor today is missionary Heather Kabe from Ethiopia. Her sermon title is Fear Not. We get to enjoy the choir director Stephanie Solterman singing One World, One Communion. We pray that you have a safe and blessed-filled life and that God may be with you and your family and loved ones. As we prepare for our scripture readings, I invite you to pray together with me. The prayer for illumination. Let us join together. God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may be led into your truth and taught your will for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes to us from Isaiah chapter 41, verses 4 through 11. Let us listen to the word of God. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am first and will be the last. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Each one helps the other, saying to one another, take courage. Then artisan encourages the goldsmith, and the one who smooths with the hammer encourages the one who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good. And they fasten it with nails so that it cannot be moved. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Yes, all who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One world, one communion, one faith in Christ the Son, one world, one communion, and there is room for everyone. One world, one communion, one faith in Christ the Son, one world, one communion, and there is room for everyone. Wherever people 
share the bread and cup. Though we are many, we are one in love. So much we have in common, though we are miles apart. Through the Holy Spirit, we are one in heart, and so we are one world, one communion, one faith in Christ the Son, one world, one communion, and there is room for everyone. is poured brothers and sisters we are one in the lord though many things divide us with great diversity through the power of love we will find unity so help us see there's one world one communion one faith in Christ the Son, one world, one communion, and there is room for everyone. There is room for everyone. There is room for all, for all who next scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, beginning with the 25th verse. Let us listen to the Word of God. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but will tell you plainly of the Father. On that day, you will ask in my name. I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I come from the Father and I have come into the world again. I am leaving the world and I'm going to the Father. His disciples said, yes, now you are speaking plainly, not in any figure of speech, now we know that you know all things and do not need to have any question, anyone question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? The hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each one of to his home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I'm very glad to have Heather Kabede come and preach to us today. It's good to be here this morning. I always love coming to visit our partners because without you, we can't be where we are doing what we're doing. And God is so wise to put a body together because we all we need different parts of a body. 
to do the work of God in this world. We need people here, we need people there, we all have different parts we play, and your part is helping us do what we do, play a little soccer or football um, and other games and just interacting with kids. So we just want to say thank you before I start, before we get to the sermon. Just thank you so much for partnering with us, praying for us. It's just a blessing to connect with you this morning. So this morning's title is Fear Not. Jesus overcame the world. I'm going to read a small section of scripture that was already read this morning, and then I'm going to pray. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Let's pray really quick. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for your faithfulness in each of our lives. Thank you for this opportunity to share what you've put on my heart. And I ask that anything that is of just me, Father, that you'd wipe away, but what is of you, Lord, that you would send forth and let it do what you have set it forth to do. We just give you thanks for this morning and each person here and each person watching. We just thank you in Jesus' name. This chapter in the book of John, we read a little bit more earlier, is when Jesus is talking to his disciples after the Last Supper, after communion. And he is telling them all these things they're going to face. You're going to face troubles. You're going to face persecution. They're going to lose Jesus, their friend. He's going to the cross. So he's just giving them a heads up. This is what's going to happen. So the first part of this verse that I wanted to focus on is actually the middle section. In the world, you will have trouble. So one thing we can definitely count on is we're going to have trouble. You know, Jesus doesn't paint it a beautiful picture. He says, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have hardship. And if you look at the world today, we should, sure can see that happening all over the world, not just in one place. There's war. There's famine. There's suffering. You know, there's people fighting about different issues, racial issues, justice issues. There's all these things happening. COVID-19, for one, as we all are experiencing. And this is not just here. It's a worldwide pandemic. So people are facing this trouble all over the world and in Ethiopia. Darkness just seems to be increasing. And people are becoming more and more fearful because of the trouble that they're going through. And I just find it so kind of Jesus to tell us, you know, you're going to have trouble. Um, so we're not shocked when it happens. He's given us a heads up. I don't know what you're facing today. There's all sorts of things going on. Sickness, other things, loss of family, financial hardship. I don't know what you're facing today, but I know that we're all facing something or we know someone who is facing something. And just even to connect it to what we do, the kids we work with, they face something every day as well because they come from very poor, low-income families. So a lot of them don't have food to eat. The families struggle to survive. Some of them get kicked out of the house early and have to live on the street just to make it because the family can't support them. So these kids are going through trouble too. We all are going through some sort of trouble. But Jesus doesn't stop the verse there, you know. 
If we knew it's just trouble, okay, then we start to worry before trouble ever happens. We don't even know what's going to happen, but we start to get all worked up and fearful. What's going to happen? What trouble's coming? You know, but Jesus doesn't stop his verse there, and that's what I really love. The next part, he says, fear not, for I overcame the world. So he's saying, don't be afraid, no matter what comes, the hardship, the trouble. He's asking us to trust him and lean on him. And I was thinking in my own life of a few tools that I use when I'm facing fear or trouble. First is, I declare the verses or the promises of God. And when you go through scripture, now maybe it's even easier because you can look it up online. Maybe you're facing sickness. You can look up verses about sickness, how God has healed things. So I just listed a few verses that I really like that I'm going to read. Psalms 23, 4, probably a favorite of many people. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So declaring these verses gives me encouragement and hope. It reminds me that God has already done these things, and he's going to do it again. And they just encourage our spirit to know that he declares these things over us, or he's encouraging us to lean on him and trust in him. The second way I've seen God help me deal with fear is to praise him. Now, praising him in the midst of a storm is pretty tough. When you're fearful, when, it, when things are coming against you, to praise him is very tough. But it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice because your heart may be shaking in fear, but you're still saying, Lord, I choose to praise you. I choose to give you praise because you're worthy of praise no matter what circumstance or thing I'm facing right now. The third way I think that I find help is having people who pray for us, just like you do. And like having family and people who pray for you, it gets you through. When you're struggling, it's hard to get by sometimes because if you're in a big battle, you get to a point where you can't quite pray yourself or you don't even know how to say anything, some things anymore. And that's when you need those people around you who will stand for you and pray for you and encourage you in prayer. And maybe you think, I don't really know anybody or I don't have a group of people around me right now. I know, because we already talked about prayer being so important. There's people in this church who will pray for you. If you let them know, I need prayer. I'm too weak in this battle. I can't make it anymore. And that's the benefit of sometimes being involved in these Bible studies and things. It's because we get to know people who will pray for us, encourage us, and help us when the battle is too strong. So these groups of people are so important to have if you can connect with them. Because when you're tired from the battle, it really makes it hard to pray and to praise God. But to have people who would do that for you and walk with you is so helpful, and it just encourages your spirit. So when we talk about Jesus saying, do not fear, 
The question arises, why shouldn't we fear? Why should we not be afraid? Because Jesus said he overcame the world. He overcame every single thing you are facing. Nothing is too complicated. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too difficult for our God. You know, there's a rhetorical question in the Bible. It says, is the arm of the Lord too short? Well, we all kind of know, no, it's not. You know, it's asked there, but no, it's not. He created everything. Nothing is out of his hands. He is all-powerful. He is with us. Even one verse that I was thinking of is Psalm, in Psalm 139. He says, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I go on the far side of the sea, anywhere, your love will find me. Isn't that a great promise? He overcame everything, and there's really nowhere we can go that we're out of his hands, out of his love. So just to emphasize some of these tools that I find helpful, I wanted to share more of a personal story. Last December, our son Josiah, who is here, he's three years old, he almost died. He was very, very ill. And he had some form of meningitis, which is swelling in the brain, an infection in the brain. So we had run all sorts of tests and everything, and they couldn't find anything wrong with him. They kept saying, everything is negative. Everything's negative. You know, that's the worst thing as a parent, not to know what you're fighting, not to know what you're dealing with. So one hard night, uh, the night we really remember, because he really did almost pass away, and the doctors had come in because I called them, and they said, oh, he's fine, and the nurses and doctors had all left the room. And all the, I was just me, my son, and my mom on the phone here in the States, and we started to pray. So right there is the first, one of the tools that I mentioned, having someone to pray with you. At that point, I couldn't pray. I was scared. I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what was going to happen, and I needed that person praying for me. She prayed with me, and I found out the next day that people, other people who know us, unknown to us, had gotten up at that very hour, 3 a.m., and were praying for us because God had told them, woken them up to pray for us. It's just so amazing to me how God takes care of us and puts people in our life who love us and who pray for us. So prayer, people who pray, that's what got us through. Without them, we would have collapsed under the weight of the whole situation. The other thing was declaring promises of God. You know, when someone's sick or someone you love is hurting, you start looking through the scripture for anything that will comfort them, will comfort you. And one of the verses maybe many of you know is Psalms 91. What a great, great chapter in the Bible. I just want to read uh, some part of it the last section that we were declaring over him almost every day, just to have hope. And it says, Because he loves me, declares the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will deliver him from trouble and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. At some point during the night, the last part of what the tools I gave came, and I was able to start praising God for who he was. I praised him that he was on the throne. 
I praised him that we weren't out of his hands. And I start to feel peace. You know, when, when you praise God, maybe the circumstance doesn't change. Maybe what you're going through doesn't change. Maybe the outcome's not going to change. But what changes is your heart because you realize who God is, how great he is, how worthy of praise he is. And after that time of praise, I was finally able to be at peace. You know, I've said finally, which is all God, Lord, whether you take my son or you let me have him, I will praise you. That's a sacrifice. Because all of your inner being is saying, no, Lord, don't do it, don't take him. But you're sacrificing praise, saying you're still worthy, you're still amazing. At the end, my son finally fell asleep peacefully, and I was able to be at peace in my heart. The next day, they were finally able to diagnose him with TB meningitis. Now, TB is usually a lung condition, but somehow it had gotten into his brain. And they'd even tested for it and it had been negative. But finally, we had who, what we were fighting, you know, after all that prayer and fighting. And he's taken TB medicine for nine months, and you saw him, some of you saw him this morning, you'll see him a little later. He's fine. He finished his nine-month nine course daily medication, and now he's running around. And it's a miracle to, that God gave him back to me, in a sense. And I thank God every day it turned out that way. And I know it doesn't always, but I saw God use these tools in my life. That's why I wanted to share them with you. So if we go back to the very beginning of the verse, Jesus says, I've told you these things, so in me you may have peace. All those things Jesus told them probably were starting to overwhelm them a little bit. And maybe they didn't even comprehend them yet, but it would, there would come a point where they would remember what he said. You know, each day we can choose to give him peace, to praise him, I mean, to praise him. Each day we can choose, you know, to offer our lives to him, to fight that fear, to fight that trouble, to fight that worry with the tools he's given us. It's not just going to stop. The fear sometimes just doesn't stop. It keeps coming at us. It's a battle. But we can use these things and stand on his promises that he is with us, that he has overcome, and that he is our peace. When I come back to the youth that we work with a little bit, and I think of them, this is what we want for them. They don't have, some of them don't have this hope, this knowledge that they have someone who's overcome for them because they don't have that relationship with Jesus. When we have that relationship with Jesus, we can stand on the promises in the word of God. We can take hold and know that he has overcome, that he is our peace. But a lot of these families, they don't have that. So they're fighting fear. They're fighting this trouble without that. And so in our relationships with them, we want them to know Jesus so that they can have that peace, so they can know that they too can overcome the trouble in their life. So I don't know what kind of trouble you're facing today when you go home, or maybe you brought it with you because it's been sitting in the back of your mind because it's just overwhelming you. But I just want to encourage you today to take hold of these promises that God has given us. He has overcome the world. He has overcome everything you're facing, every trouble. 
He is our peace. He promises to be our peace. When we call him, he is there. He is worthy of praise. He will draw near to you. I just want to encourage you to lean on him and just to know, fear not, for he has overcome the world. Thank you very much. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution, through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can join our live stream video of Sunday services, which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. That's www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 22176139. Seven one, one five three slash. Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.